0: Since tonight's sermon is based on such a long scripture passage, we're going to do a piece of that now. So, um, read along as I read aloud. John 11, verses 1 through 16. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his face feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But rabbi they said a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you and yet are you going g- going back there? Jesus answered, "Are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles for he has no light." After he had said this, he went on to tell them, "Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but if I am going there to wake him up, but I am going there to wake him up." His disciples replied,
1: Uh, John 11, beginning at verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, "'If you had been here, my brother would not have died.'" But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who was to come into the world. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? The last section of our reading, John eleven thirty-eight 38 through 44. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes And let him go. That is the conclusion of God's word for us this evening. Uh, There is a partial outline for you tonight, if you find that helpful. And we're digging right into that as we start. See that first point. Sometimes Jesus seems to be missing. We've really entered into a heartbreaking situation as we enter into this this miracle, huh? Someone is sick, headed toward death. Uh, a brother, a dear brother to Mary and Martha, a friend uh, to Jesus. These siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, had a close relationship with Jesus. The Gospels show us, uh, from what we can tell, it looks like Jesus was maybe closer to them than almost anybody except the 12. And and now we're entering into this, this tragedy that they're experiencing. What's so bad about this is that Jesus, the one who healed so many people, Jesus is not there. Their brother is sick, so we read in verse 3 that they sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. They know Jesus can heal. He's done it. They have faith, these sisters, don't they? They have faith in Jesus. And they think certainly he'll heal someone he loves so much. And what we read in verse 6 is as troubling to us as it was to Mary and Martha, Jesus didn't immediately come. He knew Lazarus was sick. He even knew Lazarus was dying, but he didn't come immediately either. Just just to be with them and and comfort them, or or to heal the man. He he waits for two days. Now think about uh, hearing about a, a pastor who got a call. A phone call that someone was on his or her deathbed and and wanted uh, their pastor there and and he delayed for two days it'd be unthinkable we'd think that person was a poor pastor we would think he was uncaring selfish even not to immediately go to be with that that person and their family so That's that's the troubling thing here. Jesus is missing in action when his friends need him the most. Both Mary and Martha in verse 20 and then in verse 32 say, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. If only you had been here. There was this feeling that Jesus abandoned them. Jesus' friends You and me can experience the same thing in our lives. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of suffering, whether it's an illness, whether it's going through cancer treatments, a divorce, a loved one dying, losing a job, trouble with friends, trouble in school, loneliness. It doesn't always feel like Jesus is there. Jesus doesn't always step in and help the way that we feel he should. Jesus, where are you in my trouble? Why aren't you with me? Why does it feel like you're so far away? In those situations, we all respond a little differently. Mary and Martha each had their own unique response. I don't know if Mary didn't, you notice how Mary stayed in the house? We don't know for sure, but it it seems like she would have known that Jesus was there. But you notice she doesn't, at that time, go, go out. She stays in the house. Martha goes out. They have their own way of dealing with it. We see it in their different responses, what they say to And that's, that's true of, of us, too. Everyone's different. But they both said the exact same words John gives us. If only you had been here. With both of them, that's true. There was this sense that Jesus abandoned them. Right when they needed him the very most in the sickness, during the grief at the funeral. He wasn't even at the funeral. Where is he? And you know, that's a very real a real to life feeling that God's children his friends today, you and I can have in our lives when we're suffering. This passage gives us some wonderful comforts and truths for exactly those sorts of situations and those times that you feel like jesus is missing as we move along here know that jesus loves you deeply and those times of feeling abandoned know that jesus does love you and he loves you deeply the sisters knew it in verse 3 even in the the illness they said it they acknowledged it in faith and it remained true jesus The one you love is sick. That's a very, very wonderful and interesting way of putting it, of referring to Lazarus, how they refer to Lazarus, how they refer to a friend of Jesus, the one you love. We're going to get back to that in a minute. That Jesus loved him is clear later, too, in verse 35. Verse 35, you'll find that verse in any Bible trivia game. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? It's John 11, 35. Jesus wept. And you remember the old ads? This, I'm sure, must have been in in the 80s for trivial pursuit. Remember what they said? Where trivia is not trivial. And this is no trivial verse. It shows us that briefest verse in Scripture, it shows us something amazing. It's the love of the Savior, to cry, to weep for Lazarus, but also for Mary, verse 33, when Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the mourners who were good who come along with her, He wept, His heart went out to them, and that was a sign that was a display of his love for them, and, and that's exactly how it's interpreted. In verse 36, we don't have to guess that his weeping means he loves him. The people around said, see how he loved him. In the midst of adversity, sickness, even the valley of the shadow of death, even when it feels like Jesus has abandoned you, you know, you can know that he loves you deeply. And it's his love that's the basis of our relationship with him. It's not our love for him. And it's very important that we get that straight. Mary and Martha got that straight. And I think it was from spending so much time with Jesus. They, they got to know him. This is how they defined the relationship when they sent word for Jesus. Not Jesus, the one who loved you so much, is sick but the one you love is sick there's no comfort in the reverse they did love jesus that's wonderful but they knew that their love for him could never be the basis for or an appeal for help for his presence or for his comfort because their love it's just like ours it's inadequate it's imperfect It's so often depending on our circumstances and our feelings. But His love, it's eternal. It's completely faithful. It's enduring. John tells us a whole lot about the love of Jesus in His gospel. Love is a key word for the gospel of John. John 3, God so loved the world that He gave us His Son, in John 10 just in the chapter before Jesus describes that love like that of a shepherd for the sheep and he says that he Jesus is the good shepherd who demonstrated his love by laying down his life for the sheep so that the sheep so that we could have eternal life and he says after that no one can snatch us out of his hand And that includes you. Jesus loves you. Even when you feel he's far away. The Bible reminds us of that love again and again. And we see it here in this situation. The love of Jesus for his friends. We need to remember that because God does not always act in the way we think he should. He does not always act when we think he should. And and then, then we remember that his will and his mind is far beyond ours. The sheep can't possibly fully understand the mind and the will of the shepherd. We're just the sheep. We're just the sheep. Even though we don't know his secret will, in other words, we don't know everything he's Planned, It goes beyond us. We do know his revealed will, what he tells us in his word. And a big part of that is his love for his children, his love for the sheep, his love for you and me. That's clear. Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha and Mary, and he loves you and me. Another thought. In the times Jesus seems to be missing... Know he loves you dearly. And also, be prepared for something spectacular. Be prepared for something spectacular. The scene is eerie, isn't it? It's kind of creepy. It's really dramatic. Jesus tells him to open up the tomb. He calls with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out. You see how there's a strike with the burial cloth around his hands and, and feet and face? That I kind of picture a mummy walking, don't you? With the cloth wrapped in all those places. It would be kind of creepy, but this is not a movie. Lazarus isn't a zombie. He's not a mummy. He was dead. Now he's alive. It seems that Mary and Martha for sure believed. That Jesus could have healed him when he was sick. But, but nobody seems ready for what happens. No one seems ready for this level miracle, for this level of power. Martha believes in the resurrection at the end of time for sure. She doesn't seem to expect this. And Jesus blows them all away. Jesus doesn't raise people from the dead physically every day, but he continues to surprise and amaze his children with his grace and his love and his power as he brings us through life, as he brings us through hard times and suffering. Be prepared to witness something great in your life as his love brings you through everything, every trial. When Jesus was betrayed and arrested and hung on a cross and died his disciples didn't know what to do he was gone but then they were completely shocked and amazed when he arose on the third day completely totally unexpected it was beyond their wildest imaginations they couldn't have dreamed that this miracle In chapter 11, like all miracles, we've talked about that. Miracles in the Gospels, this special time in redemptive history, they are pointers to Jesus. They're signposts of the kingdom of God. And they teach us something important about who Jesus is and about how he works. This resurrection points, this miracle points to our physical resurrection one day As verse 25 and 26 point out, they're read at basically every every funeral, that great hope in the future, but this resurrection is also a sign and points to our spiritual resurrection today, now. We have new life now. We experience the glory of God now. In our lives, God uses all things to gather us closer to him. All things are for the good of those who love him. That, that's a spectacular truth. That's a spectacular reality. And if you're paying attention, if you're watching, you will experience that in your life. Even through, even after heartache and adversity, and I would say especially You'll experience Him and His glory and His power and His love in spectacular ways after and through even heartache and pain. Know His love. Be prepared for something spectacular in your life. His power is working. Finally, we're called tonight to accept His invitation. To put our faith in him. To put our trust in him no matter what. Accept his invitation tonight to to trust him no matter what. Jesus says again and again in this account. Did you notice the word faith? His seeming abandonment is about their faith. Verse 14, very harsh. Lazarus is dead. I'm glad I wasn't there. Good thing it doesn't stop. It turns out it's not harsh. It's out of love because I was not there so that you may believe. It was for their growth and for their maturity. It was to draw them closer to him, in fact. People can, can lose their faith when they feel Jesus isn't there. It's in the situations, the hard times when when Jesus doesn't seem to be there that our faith can get put on the line. But the fact is, it's exactly in those situations that Jesus is especially working to bring you closer to him. He's building up our faith. He's not doing exactly what we want when we want it, because that's not always what's best for us. What is best is his plan, his timing. What's best is that we live in faith. What's best is that we give it over to him. We trust in him. Verse 26, he who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asks. And it's It's Martha there. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Greg? Do you trust me? Do you put your faith in me? Do you trust me? Verse 42, he calls out to God for the benefit of the people standing there that they may believe, he says, that the Father sent him to have faith, calling us to faith. Another way to put that is with this word trust he's inviting us to trust in about in the, in about the 1870s there was a christian lawyer who lived in chicago his wife and four children were sailing on a luxury liner from new york to france he was going to join up with them in a few weeks after taking care of some business the trip Started out fine, but on the evening of November 21, 1873, another ship struck them. Thirty minutes later, the ship sank. Nearly everyone on board was lost. When that ship was sinking, the mother had a very brief moment to kneel with her four children and prayed with them that they would be saved or Be prepared to die, if that was God's will for them then. A few minutes later in the confusion, three of the children were swept away by the waves while she was still clutching the youngest. Suddenly, the youngest was swept away. The mom reached out, grabbed her baby girl's gown, but then lost her again. After that, the mom became unconscious. She woke up later to find that she had been rescued by sailors from the other ship. But none of the four children survived. Back in the U.S., the husband was waiting for news from his family. Finally, ten days later, he got it when that rescue ship landed. And he got one short but clear message from his wife that came through that she was able to send uh, when she landed, saved alone, is what the message said, saved alone. And that night, this, this man paced his room in total anguish, as you might imagine. But that's not all he did, pace in total anguish. He also shared this unthinkable loss with his Lord, with his Savior, he shared this loss that he knew could not be reversed in this life. And he found a tremendous peace, a peace that passed all understanding. As he went to the Lord, as he trusted Him, as he put his faith in Him, as he believed the promises, as it got to morning, he told a close friend of his this, I'm glad to be able to trust my Lord. When it costs me something, trust. Sometime later, as he, was, as he had continued to process and pray and reflect on this disaster, he wrote, when peace like a river, to him we know and sing well. Jesus invites us today, whatever your circumstance, whatever your need, to actively put your trust in him. Accept his invitation to He loves you. He is with you. He'll continue to do amazing things in your life more than you could ever expect or imagine as you put your trust in him.